and welcome to another episode of Small Town Gospel Podcast. I'm Alana, here with Alex, and I'm his enjoying coffee. my McCafe beverage. Oh boy. Hey, maybe we could get a sponsor. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, and today we are talking about how to navigate doctrinal differences within the church. Oh, is it my turn? Yep. Oh, I'll put my coffee down. <laughs> We're apparently a mess. Uh... Yeah, any church has uh, is made up of different people, and uh, no two people agree on everything, um, be it uh, doctrinal issues or political issues or uh, whether or not to put pineapple on pizza. So Ooh. we, I assume you're a pro pineapple. No, on pi- oh, I do not like. Sorry pineapple for racially on profiling you. True. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> one of the uh, components of living life as a church is navigating when there is a, a difference of opinion and when there are disagreements and trying to uh, figure out what to do um, given the issue at hand. And so, yeah, today we'll just be having a conversation about that. Yeah, uh, as I was thinking and reading and preparing, two questions really stuck out to me of, like, the goal of this podcast. And it would be, how do believers with similar convictions about Scripture and the Gospel come to different views in matters of faith and practice? So how do we even disagree in the first place? Easily is the answer. (laughs) And then what should otherwise like-minded Christians do about doctrines that divide? Uh, Because there's a bunch of things that we can argue about, but like when it comes to the church and division, we need to talk about why, when, and when not to. Yeah. And uh, a topic that we've covered here very recently, baptism, um, is certainly among those issues where generally like-minded uh, folks end up having pretty different beliefs and then as a result different practices. So yeah, I, I think it is important to be able to understand where uh, doctrinal differences come from and how to negotiate those uh, issues. Uh, and by the way, on when I say the word negotiate, I'm not implying uh, be wishy-washy I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying how do you live together and is there a point in time when you don't live together when mm-hmm. when it's like yeah uh, this difference is significant enough that we probably shouldn't try to um, coexist within the same congregation yeah <clears throat> yeah so I think uh, just like many other episodes we should probably start with defining our terms yeah, doctrine just means teaching. So yep. uh, there could be, you've probably heard uh, discussions in uh, foreign policy or economics. There's different uh, doctrines, and it, it's basically someone's uh, teaching on a particular subject. Obviously, in this context, we're talking about biblical doctrine, the teaching uh, of a an individual, an institution, a church, a university, a denomination, whatever the case may be, um, the teaching position that they have from scripture. 
Yeah, and one of the ways that uh, in common day uh, you can find doctrinal positions is to log on to most churches' websites and click on their doctrinal positions tab and see what do they believe when it comes to uh, salvation, the gospel, all of the things that we'll talk about that are controversial, and uh, that gives you really a good finger on the pulse, so to say, of what a church believes and what the core principles that you're going to be hearing being preached uh, and how those that congregation lives together. It, it all comes back to that church's doctrine. Yep. And uh, w- one of the interesting things is there, there's a couple different approaches to these doctrinal statements. Um, I would say the more common approach and the approach of our church is to be pretty broad mm-hmm. um, in that where uh, our church's statement uh, just by reading the statement would sound pretty similar to a church that um, when it gets right down to it is quite different mm-hmm. uh, than, than us. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, Grace Community Church, where John MacArthur is a pastor, w- would be an example of a, a very long and very in-depth mm-hmm. and very specific doctrinal statement. Yeah. Um, and there's pros and cons to, to each of those, and, and we can uh, get into that um, as, as we proceed. Yeah, and uh, there's another example that I was thinking of is Apologia Church, and they even have subsections of, like, what they believe about children in the church during church time like very specific q a doctrinal statement things whereas like yeah you're saying our church we aren't that thorough (laughs) yeah so and uh we've talked at our church about maybe maintaining uh a general and broad doctrinal statement and and then adding maybe uh, like position papers or mm. um, distinctives or something along those lines where because uh, c- the doctrinal statement you you need to agree to the doctrinal statement in order to be a member mm-hmm. and we do we do want to uh, have our doors somewhat wide open to to true Christians uh, who want to be a part of our church family, we, we want them there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's our reason for not wanting to be too specific. But at the same time, uh, I'll be the first to admit it. Like uh, if I was sick or, or out and so we had to bring in a, a preacher or something, there's quite a few issues that aren't mentioned in our doctrinal statement that like if they took a position opposite of what we say... Um, and what we generally teach, um, I wouldn't be pleased with that. Yeah. So um, we do need to get uh, that tightened down a little bit, I would yeah. say. So <clears throat> to begin wrapping our heads around doctrine, we first need to start with the truth of the gospel and salvation uh, as the cornerstone, the foundation of anything, uh, the truth that we are sinners in need of a savior uh and that jesus died on the cross for our sins but then rose again victoriously is seated at the right hand of god and one day we'll be returning that has to be the structure of all doctrine and then from there is where division happens so can you talk about uh 
division and how it's been seen in the church as it's grown and stuff like that? Yeah, I, so one of the concerns of the the Roman Catholic Church uh, in the era of the Reformation was a concern about uh, doctrinal disunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in other words, if, if there's not the, this global church at, who um, has a set of doctrines that everyone adheres to, uh, won't that lead to confusion and disunity? Yes. Um, and the answer is yes. You know, <laughs> uh, no matter how s- strongly or proudly Protestant we are or um, fans of the Reformation we might be, um, th- the concern of splinters off of splinters happening uh, among Christians was a very valid concern. Now, that was a break that absolutely needed to happen because it was unity around a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so unity is only virtuous if it's unity around truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Reformation um, was intended to, to do. Um, rather than unity around corruption and yeah. abuse of power and uh, religious manipulation and greed. Uh, so the, the Reformation was necessary, but it did lead to splinters that really didn't make sense. Um, look, look at the history of the Church of England, um, literally a new denomination forming because a, a guy wanted you know to... Uh, you know, get remarried and get divorced and all that kind of thing. Um, It's like, should a denomination exist for that reason? (laughs) Probably not. Uh, And there's all sorts of, uh, you know, sub-examples of that sort of thing. Well, and we see that in our culture today. Uh, You can look around and uh, other than the, I would say, quote-unquote, normal denominations that we're more familiar with, uh, there's now, like woke denominations and uh subcategory of this political denomination and subcategory of this ideologies and all under the quote unquote christian umbrella yeah so it is important right and uh the history of our church Mm -hmm. there there was a church split um in the history of our church i don't know 20 or 30 years ago yeah. now something like that and uh that was over the charismatic gifts mm-hmm. where the uh the church's position was not necessarily specified even though the pastor's position was mm-hmm. and uh then a um, a bible study leader kind of went a little bit rogue <laughs> and um, that ultimately led to a church split, and there's another church in town now that exists because of that, church of, split. Of that split. So, yep. uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into some of these kinds of questions of like, um, for instance, is that an issue worth dividing over? Um, and different people will have different answers to that. But when it comes to doctrine, um, Scripture presents two truths to hold simultaneously in tension. The one side, the one pole, so to speak, would be uh, there's clear teaching about um, it being absolutely essential and necessary to fight 
and to defend and to guard and um, be quite dogmatic for uh, the truth and for doctrine. And then the other uh, pole is um, clear and repeated uh, teaching to uh, uphold unity and to show preference and deference toward each other. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll read just a couple verses from Jude um, showing the the side that uh, really emphasizes the need to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about that for just a little bit. And then you'll read a couple verses um, showing the need for unity. So Jude 3 and 4 uh, says, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation. So he, he wanted to write about the unity side. Then he says, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. So there's a place and a time to lay aside the nicety and the things that unify us and make us sing kumbaya to fight and and that's what um, the letter uh, from Jude is all about yeah and we see this in a few other places as well in 2nd Corinthians 11 um, Paul saying to, uh, it says in verse 3, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, uh, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And it talks about then the false apostles that have come in that even from a good intention in their hearts, they believed false apostles, um, which is a clear like, then he says, don't, don't do that. Uh, and then in 1 Timothy 6, um, it talks about false teachers and true contentment and uh, in turning away from that and instead fighting the good fight and being on guard uh, with the, the letter that was deposited and entrusted to you, the truth of the gospel, uh, and to, in, to avoid irreverent babble and contraindications of what is falsely called knowledge for by professing it some have swerved from the faith uh and so it's very clear in scripture that uh taking a stand on doctrinal truth is important and understanding when there's wolves coming in and trying to deceive you with what looks like scripture or looks like sound doctrine you need to be aware of it and flee from it right and there, uh, it goes so far as to, uh, there's various places where Paul names names. Yeah. There's specific the epistles, people. Yeah. Um, my namesake, Alexander the Coppersmith. <laughs> um, you can look him up. Uh, he's not a good guy <laughs> on the pages of the Bible. Uh, so, yeah, the, there's a place and a time to contend, to be mean, to fight, to get your uh, fists up and um, throw down, essentially. And uh, one of the jobs of a shepherd um, is to uh, make the wolves afraid Mm -hmm. uh, to get anywhere close to the sheep, and sometimes that might involve killing a wolf. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, (laughs) Alex isn't slaying people in Troy, Montana. (laughs) The the illustration breaks down, but uh, 
you know, um, bait, I would say there would be occasions to just in absolute and unflinching terms say you are not welcome here. Yeah. And to then publicly state to the congregation why and, um, you know, refute someone in the strongest possible terms. There's clear biblical precedent for that. Yeah. Um, and then on the other hand, uh, unity is something that is also very big in the church and is needed and is core to Christian life and Christian community and what Christ has called the church to look like. Right. And uh, a key passage uh, for this um, in, in practice would be from Romans 14. Here in just a little bit, you'll share from Ephesians 6, uh, kind of the, the principle underlying the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but from Romans 14, uh, it, it begins, uh, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. So don't fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Um, keep, keep in mind, vegans, what it just called the <laughs> weak person. Weak. Anyways, uh, let not the one who eats... We, we love you, Clem and Lydia, by the way. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Here's the key. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully mm-hmm. convinced in his own mind. So it's, it's not saying don't have an opinion, don't study, don't um, come to a conclusion on this. It says be fully convinced. Mm-hmm. But it also is clearly saying there are certain issues to get along on. Mm -hmm. Here, it would have to do with meat uh, that was sacrificed to idols. And um, what day, uh, in this case, um, almost certainly referring to the Sabbath, Mm -hmm. uh, do you really make a, a big point of having the Sabbath be distinct and different and uh, above the others in Mm -hmm. a sense or is it kind of like eh whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and and he says y'all need to get along on issues like that yeah Uh, one example that I have come up upon recently uh, and we'll talk more about this later is when a new believer is in your midst uh, and they like are just experiencing uh, grace and grace alone and faith alone and all of this stuff, then to have these debates on Calvinism and predestination and election, like all of those things, uh, and come at them is only going to hurt the relationship and their brand new walk with the Lord. Um, and cause a division and attention that's not even needed. Right. Uh, where, praise the Lord, this person uh, was just saved from death. And now we have the opportunity to commune with them and to share with them and to love them. Um, and so to just be diligent uh, in faithfulness and love is important. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, would you uh, read there from Ephesians 4? Yeah, so <laughs> Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a ma- manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Yeah, the word one shows up a lot there. Um, That's the point. (laughs) Unity, peace. (laughs) Right. So uh, if we have these two clear, uh, and there would be... Uh, many more on both of these sides that, mm-hmm. that we could get into. Um, don't take our word for it. You can look it up. Uh, you know, you can just do a, a search of the word contend or uh, fight or defend or whatever uh, on the one side. And then on the other side, just look up the word um, unity or peace. Uh, and yeah, it clearly both of these things are... Uh, consistently emphasized throughout the New Testament. So how then do we do it in, in real life? And, and we'll, we'll get into uh, just the way that denominations, institutions, churches uh, kind of navigate this. Now there are some, and, and we addressed this just briefly earlier, but there are some that are highly uh, specific and dogmatic. Um, so there are denominations where if you uh, want to be ordained um, to, to serve as a minister in that denomination, you have to like toe the line on every point of okay. doctrine. Uh, and it, it can get very, very minute and specific. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what do you think might be some advantages Uh, of that kind of approach definitely unity within the believers of that church uh it will be clear that uh they have convictions that are similar and they're living within the same convictions and lifestyle because what they're being fed what they're believing what they're convicted by is all similar yeah uh and there wouldn't be a larger chance of division within the church on issues uh, such as yeah big doctrinal divides right yeah and uh say say you're going to um uh an orthodox presbyterian church in seattle and then you move to uh austin texas um you could pretty much find an opc church there Mm -hmm. uh and you could have a pretty high level expectation that that there would be a similar yeah. approach to things. Yeah. Um, so, uh, whereas uh, on the other end of the spectrum would be um, the SBC Southern mm-hmm. Baptist Convention. Um, to be in the SBC, it's it's a pretty generic, pretty loose set of expectations. What's their position regarding? Uh, gender roles and church leadership <laughs> ask them now they're they're having these big uh, you know 
and chaotic fights over it. Uh, Ask them what their position about the end times is. Ask (laughs) them about their position on Calvinism. Ask them about their position on spiritual gifts. And you'll you'll just get, like, you could show up to five SBC churches and get five radically different um, situations. Yeah. What's What's a positive about that? Man. I just presented it in kind of a negative way, but I yeah. believe there are positives. I mean, I've been in many situations where I go to a church that uh, does not align with my personal convictions in all of, in my doctrinal beliefs, and yet uh, unity and knowing that, like, for instance, when I was in Asia, um, knowing that I'm congregating with a body of believers that truly believes the gospel is still one of the most uh reassuring feelings of like doctrinal things aside we're brothers and sisters in the lord um and the gospel is being shared in a place where there is not the truth right um and that's huge uh and and it is a way to uh very practically centralize the most important doctrine. Because the gospel is doctrine. Um, It's the teaching of the good news. But it is uh, in those kinds of contexts where there's Baptists, Presbyterians, Charismatic Cessationists, um, Egalitarians, um, Complementarians, whatever those kinds of issues are, um, in the situations that... uh, it's like the one thing we have in common is the gospel. That's what's going to be shared. There, there is a, uh, there can be um, a pretty beautiful um, central focus on it. Yeah. And um, I've definitely experienced that around the world. Even like one of the things that we don't have in common is language. Right. And yet like we both know the truth of the gospel and that alone uh is good enough doctrine to just be full of joy. Right. So uh, I think your university, um, Grand Canyon University, was pretty broad. It was very broad. Uh, It would be a similar broad spectrum like SBC example. Okay. So did you, could non-Christians attend? Yeah. Okay. So that's the distinction. Um, So uh, where I went, um, uh, Corbin University, probably about... 5% 5% the size of yep. Grand Canyon University. Um, something like 2,000 total students. At, that was at what GC Corbin. was like when I started, though. Okay. It was yeah. really small. Uh, it, it's very broad in in the Christian sense, but you did have to say, like, I, I believe in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. um, and he's my Lord and Savior, too. Uh, you know, and share a testimony. Mm-hmm. Now, was everyone at Corbin truly saved? Certainly not. Yeah. Um, but you do ha- at least have to make that claim. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, there are larger universities like like Grand Canyon, where it's like a Christian institution, but literally anyone yeah. uh, can go as far as belief is concerned. So. Yes. Um, Corbin is maybe in the middle on that because there are, again, 
the more uptight and uh, and I love them, but uptight reformed uh, institutions. It's like, do you hold to all the Articles of Westminster? You know, whatever. <laughs> Confessions of uh, faith, yeah. and, and it's um, you know, so I. Um, <laughs> Uh, there would be some institutions where I wouldn't be allowed to go to, even though I agree with like 95% of, of what they say. Mm -hmm. um, those are pretty rare anymore, but uh, they do exist. So <clears throat> uh, there, there are pros and cons to being very, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better word, uptight and specific. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that we can, I think, lovingly say about Grace Community Church, where John MacArthur, um, he's uptight. Um, <laughs> like, uh, we we need his uptightness in certain situations in the world these days, uh, but he is uptight. There's mm -hmm. no getting around that. Um, there's other pros and cons about being a little bit more broad. Now, getting a little more personal and specific to us, I had a, a professor who really helped me uh, think through this in a helpful way um, and in a way that um, helps to have convictions on things while also not just dividing with literally everyone because <laughs> you and I don't agree on everything. Yeah. Um, and so it uh, you're supposed to go to scripture for all of your beliefs and then you kind of um, navigate and organize these beliefs into four categories. Beliefs to die for, beliefs to divide for, beliefs to debate for, and beliefs to decide for. So um, at the top of the list of beliefs to die for would be... The gospel. <laughs> yeah, the gospel. Yeah. Um, what is interesting is I, I imagine even between the two of us, uh, depending on the subject, we might uh, put different issues at different places yeah. on here. Yeah. Um, Hopefully what every Christian would agree on is the gospel is a truth to die for. Jesus did. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we should probably be willing to as well. Um, I think my debate column would be larger, whereas like your divide column would be larger. Like the things that I would just debate, you probably have more of a stance on because I'm more passive in that area. <laughs> Yeah, I it, yeah, it's possible. I so other things that Christians have have died for that I would hope that I if if the time of testing came that I would also die for would be anything really related to scripture. Yeah. So um, access to scripture. Yeah. Um, the authority, sufficiency, inerrancy of scripture, yeah. um, because it. If you don't have that, you don't have the gospel, or you can't trust the gospel, or you're uncertain if we have all the necessary information for the gospel. Well, and that's how false teaching even creeps in, is not uh, having the word yeah. with you, uh, yeah. and just believing what you're hearing. <clears throat> right. Uh, anything else that it's like, uh, yes, in, in an instant, and without even um, you know debating, it's like... Um, if you do what your convictions say you should do, it would be like, yes, I would die for this hmm. belief. I'd have to think about it. Uh, as we've just seen around the world um, lately in the news and stuff, literally just saying that you're a Christian kills, like, gets you killed. So I would have to, like, but also in the Middle East, there's people that, like, 
are getting killed on things that are way less than that. And it's, right. like, more theologically sub-points. And so it's like, man, I don't know. Yeah. Because we don't have that reality here, uh, and we have the fluidity and ability to decide, debate, divide, like, <laughs> I don't know what I would be willing to just, other than the truth of the gospel and having access to the word, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, the the divinity of Christ, the humanity of Christ, mm-hmm. I would say, would be thing uh, one guy. die for yeah. kinds of things. Um, yeah, so that's that's one of those. Um, it, it's a little difficult to answer in a hypothetical yeah. situation like you're describing, but like a lot of the things <clears throat> that I guess I would say are in my divide column. If it came down to life or death, I do wonder, like if I'm willing to cause division or separation between believers and I, and it came down to death, I probably would die for them, but yeah. I, I just don't know. Right. And it, it can be difficult um, in our context to, even, you know, what would that even look like? Yeah. Because, um, for instance, baptism is one that I, I would put in, um, tend to put in the divide for area simply. Uh, I told everybody last time, um, how much I love uh, baby Baptists, <laughs> uh, but it, it's just really difficult to do church together. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it done, and it can be done, mm-hmm. um, but it it does cause um, there's there's a fairly consistent um, angst yeah. that happens um, when uh, Pedro Baptists and Credo Baptists try to do church life together on an ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. Um, and and that's a good point of clarification, by the way, uh, divide doesn't necessarily mean that there, that there's angst. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's to minimize angst. Well, and I have, uh, just as like a practical, what my life looks like, I have many friends in other local churches here that I uh, pray with often, talk about the Bible with often, and like am in Christian community with, uh, that in a sense we are divided because theologically on some things our churches are just so different. Yeah. Um, And that doesn't make them any less like my sister or brother. Right. Where I I would say if you were, if either they were to try to, you know, grit their teeth and be at our church all the time or the other way around, Mm -hmm. there there would probably be less unity. Yeah. Yeah. Because you didn't divide. Correct. That makes sense. Um, So, yeah, uh, some other issues that I would uh, definitely divide for uh, would be um, gender roles. Mm -hmm. So, um, a, a a church with a female pastor is just a, an absolute non-starter. Yep. Wouldn't wouldn't go. Um, honestly, um, I I wouldn't uh, partner up or link up or be particularly friendly there. Um, and I know that sounds a little hardcore, um, but to me it is one of those like what the Bible teaches is pretty explicitly clear. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do that, that raises all sorts of questions in my mind about yeah. like, well, if you can do the gymnastics necessary to justify that, mm-hmm. what else is an open, um, 
door for you. So yeah. love is an open door. Oh, wow. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in along the same lines, for me, a divide would be um, gender fluidity that's happening in life. I stand pretty firm on the there's two genders. Now, can the Lord save somebody out of transgender transgenderism Uh, yeah wow (laughs) absolutely yes and i pray that he does often yeah um but at the end of the day that is transgenderism is a lie and needs to be like a sin that needs to be repented of just like lesbianism and all of that um that is something that i would divide over yeah uh, for attending a church right And, and anything really um associated or uh, even downstream from the sexual revolution yeah. um so the L- the entire lgbt rainbow flag yeah. um it, it's like there there would need to be an absolute rejection uh, of all of those mm-hmm. um and that would be one that if in some weird situation um the government started like killing people who were uh, uh, you know, who upheld biblical marriage and stuff, mm-hmm. I I would say that would definitely need to be in a die-for thing. Yeah. That's probably a made-up scenario that won't happen. Yeah, but, but um, like, that's what I was trying to say earlier, is, like, there's there are things that maybe even be in my debate column now that eventually, maybe, would be in my die column. Right. So, yeah, the, there's all sorts of things. Uh, another one where we, uh, I, I was saved in a, in a charismatic church. Um, we have uh, dear friends who are pastors of charismatic uh, churches. Um, and, uh, but that would just be one of those things that would be really difficult to do ongoing Sunday morning um, worship together if... Uh, you know, someone either gets a word from the Lord or they don't. Mm -hmm. And the church is either expecting that and open to it or it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, we can be really good friends and get along really well with with, uh, people more on the charismatic side. Mm -hmm. But doing ongoing church ministry together would be almost impossible, I think. In a good joking uh, manner, though, we are just a we've been called our church has been called the frozen chosen <laughs> uh, and one thing that i've enjoyed is all the people that push those boundaries with even just a simple hand raise yeah and it's so good and healthy for our church uh to have hand raisers and to have ameners and stuff like that right um so it's not all things charismatic and like yeah and we we even have folks uh who who would be fairly charismatic who are uh regular attenders and even a couple members Mm -hmm. um and it it does work there because they are super gracious toward us and and are willing to kind of um that they know what our church is and isn't Mm -hmm. um and things that are more on the charismatic experience side they're they're very willing and happy and content to find those experiences um, in the rest of their lives, mm-hmm. and they're okay with what they don't experience um, be- because of all the benefits that they do receive. And yeah. so I'm not suggesting that uh, 
that we want them to break away or to not be a part of it. I'm just saying that uh, as far as if someone was like, this must be a part of my church experience, Mm -hmm. obviously it couldn't um, uh, coexist very easily uh, with a church like ours. Yeah, you and I coexist and we debate a lot, so. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, when it gets right down to it, there's not a whole lot that you and I disagree about. Yeah, uh, doctrinally, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Just in life. Um, now, if you want to talk about women's sports, yeah, we, there's we disagree. a debate to have. Um, <laughs> nope, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> we disagree. Uh, yeah, so... <clears throat> uh, we we probably don't need to go, go down this whole road. Uh, issues, just... Real quick examples that you could uh, debate or decide for. Um, uh, that might be things like uh, how to school your, your children. Um, thing, alcohol? Uh, yeah, alcohol w- would be one. Um, do You either drink alcohol or you don't, and yeah. you would have your reasons for that that are either good or bad. Um, and But in my opinion, you could still go to church with people that do and don't yeah and our church uh our church is like that yeah um probably about two-thirds uh imbibe at least occasionally and one-third are pretty staunchly um at least for themselves opposed to it yeah um and pretty much the people that i know um, on both sides have really good reasons Mm -hmm. for either partaking or not partaking yeah um so yeah uh things like that um the I suppose um, how much emphasis, like from the, the passage from Romans, uh, how much emphasis you place on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, the Lord's Day, uh, do you go out to eat after church? Um, because, you know, people have to be mm-hmm. working for you to be able to go A out Sabbath, to eat. Yeah. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know that we have any really staunch uh, Sabbatarians in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um I have friends, though, that are, um, and their convictions are something that, like, are thought-provoking to me, and yet, like, we have two different worlds in which we live on the weekends. Yeah, yeah, and uh, one that could at any time, if (laughs) all it would take would would be uh, one gal coming to a conviction from Scripture that she needs to have head covering, Mm -hmm. and that would obviously become a point of discussion in our church but i don't i couldn't imagine it being something that that people would leave the church over or anything like that so yeah a personal uh conviction decision right yeah uh so yeah that i mean literally anything there's that the bible has something to say about (laughs) would could fit in one of these categories so uh, that just, uh, why that's been helpful is because I came from a background and honestly I have kind of a personality that tends to be dogmatic. Um, and this has helped me pastorally greatly mm-hmm. because um, it's helped me to be able to go, oh, I don't have to be wishy-washy or flaky or whatever. I can have my convictions on all of these things but i need my church to be more than just me mm-hmm. <laughs> and it this uh die for divide for debate for decide for format helps me to do both both of those things mm-hmm. well and just three little points that 
I was thinking of that kind of go along with this is uh, to prioritize scripture and your convictions. Like we said, like do have a stance, but to be open to correction and learning and listening and then don't get caught up in hot button terminology while mm. you're listening. Yeah. Um, because we can go rounds or just become defensive with literally just a term that if we just talked through the term would be a great discussion. Uh, but terminology can be hot button. And uh, so listening and learning without being uh, hastened by hot button terminology. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what ideas and beliefs are they actually discussing? Yeah. Um, the one that's most common, um, at, at least in our neck of the woods on that, is the word Calvinism. <laughs> so you, you say the word Calvinist or Calvinism, and um, there are people that, uh, actually many people I've, mm-hmm. I've met who heard a, uh, a completely thoroughbred Calvinistic sermon and go, that was great. And then you mentioned the word Calvinism and they, oh, I I do not like that. And it's like, what's going on here? Uh, And so that's that's one of many examples uh, of uh, don't get triggered. (laughs) Uh, Just just hear what is being said and... um, Go back to scripture, test what was said against scripture, and then there might be an opportunity to go, oh, maybe the assumptions I made about this term, um, maybe I don't fully understand what that term means, or at least how that person is using that term. Yeah, and we've seen this in our church often, um, where terminology comes (laughs) up and all of a sudden there's an uproar. And then when we define what we mean by that terminology, we're like, oh, we're all saying the same thing. Or, oh, I haven't thought of that, you know? So uh, using a word as terminology can make people defensive. But yeah, having having a humble heart and listening and having a spirit that's willing to like be corrected is super important in all of this. Yeah. Uh, so we had a section here of uh, going through various specific instances, um, but we're pushing 50 minutes. Uh, so should we call that a wrap? Yeah. Okay. Uh, apparently we're going to have to do another episode on this sometime not this year. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. So just to kind of give you a rundown of uh, where this is all headed, um, next week we will do an episode about uh, entertainment and kind of the biblical standards, personal convictions, and how to interact again with those who disagree. Uh, then we'll do kind of a s- fun, silly one uh, just about the holidays, and uh, it, it won't be um, the doctrine of the incarnation so much as um, we how think, much I love Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we think the holidays are fun, and we'll just talk about some of our little traditions and. Um, probably just that'll be one that just your grandma and my mom listen to and that's okay and Uh, Amy Amy. Amy. hi Amy Uh, and then we'll take a break uh, for the holidays and then uh, get going again in January and uh, we'll be discussing some things like um, forgiveness uh, parenting 
stuff like that. So that's, doctrinal differences within the church. <laughs> yeah, apparently part two of this one. Um, <laughs> after you all forget about this one, yeah. Uh, so we're very uh, orderly like that. Anyway, we should uh, land this plane. So bye. Bye. <laughs>